guys, welcome back to A Pinch of Prevention. A Pinch of Prevention is a podcast associated with Evansville's very own Prevention Youth Council. Our mission is to uplift the voices of teens by providing them with opportunities to advocate for themselves and their communities and promote healthy interpersonal relationships. I'm Rupa. And I'm Nicole. And today we have with us Caitlin Moore. Could you please introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I am Caitlin Moore. I um, am a Mennonite and I am a minister and I... Uh, also pastor United Methodist Church. I call myself a mercenary Methodist. And so it's um, it's a wide range. I've got a lot happening. Um, I, I should start by saying that I'm probably going to move from the Mennonite view because it's the one that I most identify with. And I should also add the caveat that I am um, not your typical Mennonite, that like any religion, Mennonites range from uber conservative, I mean, probably more conservative than most Christian religions in how we dress and act and technology to uber uber liberal um, and I fall pretty far in the uber uber liberal range and so I am not the typical person that you would talk to from the Mennonite church but also the typical person you would talk to from the Mennonite (laughs) church. Well thank you so much for joining us today and this is the first episode of our religious series in which we interview people associated with different religions within the community. So our goal with the series is to create an open conversation between religious groups and increase the connectedness of our community. So for our first question, we just want to talk a little bit about your upbringing, how the religion became a part of your life, were you born into it? Sure. So um, I have the distinction of having an ancestor who was the first Mennonite bishop of America, um, which was back in the 1600s in um, Germantown, Pennsylvania, which is now a a neighborhood of uh, Philadelphia. Um, My family has over the years migrated away from the Mennonites and... um, my parents were raised Catholic and Methodist. When they married, they raised us Methodist, and I moved out to Pennsylvania, kind of reconnected with that part of my heritage, and um, found my way into the Mennonite Church. Uh, had been uh, was baptized actually in the same place as an ancestor was in the 1600s, That's so cool. which was super amazing for me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's how I found my way back to being. So within your religion, what are some traditions and maybe your favorite traditions and how you personally celebrate them? Yeah, so I'll probably start by explaining Mennonites a little bit because yeah, a lot of people perfect. have no idea what that is. And the easy answer that I give people, like if I'm in an elevator, is we're diet Amish. Um, <laughs> that we're very closely related to the Amish, that we all come under this head of Anabaptist. And um, in the 1500s, 1600s, it was all Mennonite. And the Amish broke off of the Mennonites over the practice of shunning. Which was the idea that if you decide to leave the church, you're you're banned forever. The Mennonites did not want to practice that, and the Amish did, um, and so it gets complicated between the two. But there's still a lot of um, relational blood. People who will leave the Amish church tend to become Mennonites, step down. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different um, ways that we're related that way. But we um, are we are pacifists. That's one of the things that defines us. We um, don't believe in in any kind of fighting or violence, particularly nonviolent. Um, we are very community oriented. We tend to be collectivist in our thinking, and so that's part of what we do that that separates us. We also tend to subscribe to simplicity of living. That that tends to be important, although we all translate that a little bit differently between um, the more conservative and the more liberal. So some of my favorite traditions. Um, Probably, like this isn't like a holiday, but whenever somebody moves 
more conservative churches, you've seen like The Witness or things like that where people do barn raisings. Yeah. Um, we call them urban barn raisings where everybody shows up and they help you paint your house and they bless it and they move all your stuff for you and you'll get this email from your church that says, hey, look, we need people for Saturday. And then like 20 minutes later, it's like, we're full. We don't need any more people. Go home. Um, which is great. It's like this big, deep community. And that um, idea of helping each other and that we're like real family is probably my favorite tradition. Um, and so I've, I'm working with a group of people to start the Mennonite community in Evansville. Because historically, we have not had one or it's been a while since we've had one. And our our motto says we move things. So, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's really interesting. Thank you. So now moving a little bit more into like the healthy personal relationships and things like that. Do you think that within your religion topics such as healthy relationships and consent are talked about enough? And how important do you think these topics are within a religion? It depends so widely on what church you're at and then what subgroup in the church that you're at. I think we're getting much better with about things like mm -hmm. consent. Um, I know that as things like the um, Me Too movement have become out in front, that I've heard a lot of um, sermons about that and what consent means. And um, I've had I've had a pastor that has like confessed to the ways that he hasn't done it well from the pulpit, which is mm -hmm. big to hear a leader in the church say, "I haven't always behaved the way that I should, and I'm ashamed of it." So it's getting better. I don't know that it's always been great. Yeah, and I think we have a lot to grow. Yeah, I think it's amazing that it's moving toward that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> so similar to this question, like going on with like relationships, how do you think the roles of women are within your religion? And I know you, you said it's very broad, so yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> the exact answer. Like you personally, with your experiences, like how would you view those? Sure, and I know that there's been some some of the churches that I've been at have had to break off from traditional Mennonites uh, because we allow females in leadership and ministry, which is not typical of a lot of older um, Mennonite congregations. And so um, women in the churches that I have been involved in are typically seen as leaders. They're seen as um, people who bring the community together, teachers. Um, the only... Mennonites tend to share leadership unless we have a very big church. And the church that I went to in Philadelphia had a minister that was a woman, which is kind of unusual for the Mennonite church, but it's getting much more common. Um, it's, it's hard because I think in some of the more conservative churches, this is something we have a long way to go in, that there's the idea that women belong at home, raising children, things like that, um, don't belong in leadership. To a more liberal place. It's gotten better in our churches, but there's still a lot of room to grow. Um, and then there's a, a lot of room to grow with the idea that um, women can stay home if they want to. Like, mm -hmm. this idea that you don't have to be in, out. You can do whatever you want as a woman. Like, yeah. if that's your choice. So I just have one more question to go off that. So if you went to a church and one was filled with mostly conservative and the other one liberal Mennonites, could you tell a difference if you were in that service, or Yeah, for really? sure. <laughs> Sorry, I just like raised my eyebrows <laughs> yeah. and nodded like real fast. So and you really can tell. Yes, and so with the conservative Mennonites, they tend to dress more Amish, um, okay. so the long dresses. Um, I, I 
so if you get into the more conservative churches, they will wear. Some of the more conservative churches um, will even speak Pennsylvania Dutch um, instead of English, um, especially when you get out into Prima Lancaster County, which is where there's a large concentration of um, Amish Mennonites, both. And so you kind of line gets blurred a little more. Um, I've, one of the conservative Mennonite churches that I've been to was difficult for me because they would do the first half of the service, they would break into small groups when you do almost Sunday school and then go back into a larger group. And every one of the smaller groups was taught by a man. It wasn't allowed to be taught by a woman. Men sat on one side, women sat on the other, but when it came to teaching, every single group was taught by a man. Which I need to say is one way of doing it. Um, it is not my way of doing it, and that was um, shocking for me having grown up in the environment that I did grow up in. such as sexual harassment addressed in your religion, or are they not? Yeah, sexual harassment um, has probably gotten more, again, like, salient with the Me Too movement. Um, I would say that probably one of the, the biggest things is that people are disciplined very quickly for sexual harassment issues. Um, that the church has become very good when there is any accusation of sexual misconduct, whether it's with children or with adults, that they will swoop right in and take care of it directly. It's not like one of those things that's swept under the rug um, now. Um, yeah, and our communities can be a little insular that we try to deal with things inside the community, and I think that part of that, that journey has been able to break out and let other authorities help us. Mm -hmm. um, historically, we have not been great about to like see that and then change it like that just speaks yeah. volumes like that speaks so much honestly to like see that progression that growth it's been a like in my lifetime it's been an enormous growth yeah mm -hmm. that's incredible to see like as a member of that community just to see like where you guys started like yeah that just must be amazing for you and like you were talking about minute, I feel like my church is still pretty awful at that so <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah I'm trying to walk this line because I think that sometimes um especially the Amish tend to be idealized mm -hmm. and people are people that we've done in the past and maybe the things that we're still doing that aren't great and we're trying. Mm -hmm. So these conversations that we're having now, these open conversations, do you see them valuable for other religions? Like obviously it's valuable for us because like we get to learn all this stuff. It's valuable for the listeners because they get to like have new knowledge. But do you think conversations like this should be held between like religious leaders? Not like combining religious yeah. ideals mm -hmm. at all. Just like the conversation. Like being open-minded. Yeah, I think that it's mutually beneficial. Like, I want to be careful with that because I don't think that it's just beneficial for people to hear my point of view. I think mm -hmm. it's beneficial to hear what other people are thinking and um, believing right now. Because I think um, almost every religion I can think of off the top of my head has a line of extreme conservatism, almost fundamentalism or fundamentalism to like where I'm at on the liberal scale. Mm -hmm. And it can feel isolating no matter where you are. Um, and having other people that can share the experience, I think, only increases interconnectedness, which I also think the most important of religion is to be interconnected, that it's not to say, I'm right, you're wrong, enjoy burning in hell. It's like <laughs> yeah. to increase interconnectedness and to love your neighbor as yourself. Like, just just love each other. It's not, sometimes, just, just be <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, next.
rights you have within your religion, how do you think domestic abuse and marriage fit those similarities together in your world? I um, know from my different churches we've done marriage conferences, that that's been something that has um, taken place, like even when it's on a Saturday where married couples will go, there will be like an actual certified therapist, not just some like dude, like, dude who thinks he knows a lot about his <laughs> marriage. Um, and it'll be like a, a marriage and family therapist that will help increase communication and um, particularly like conflict skills. Because we are a historic peace church and um, it's really important for us to live in consensus and peace. I think the idea of domestic violence is particularly difficult in our church and particularly mm-hmm. difficult to talk about because the idea of nonviolence is so important. And so I'm that's such a huge value there's a lot of shame in um, admitting it and getting help around it so that would probably be something to um, change or that I would love to see change going forward this idea that silence is okay especially like um, we talk about it in the difference between like pacifism and peacemaking and so this idea of pacifism has historically been very important but we're starting to change it to making where it's not just sitting back it's actually making peace in our communities mm-hmm. so domestic violence is definitely something that can be dealt with more in the future and then how do you think religion handles that LGBTQ plus communities whether they're members or not members just and again you're going to find this yeah. 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 and so right now I think like most churches there's been splits taking place particularly over this mm-hmm. view the kind of subset of Mennonites that I belong to are MCUSA, and um, that has been the group of people who have been LGBTQ allies. Not everybody, um, certainly not everybody, and not every church. And part of how the Mennonite church works is each each church makes its own rules. Um, we have kind of a, a larger body that will do kind of big polity stuff, but really each individual church makes its own rules. Um, and so actually the church that my great, 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 great grandfather pastored in um, Germantown, Pennsylvania, um, was kicked out of the conference for allowing LGBTQ stuff early, so like the 1990s, when this was a conversation that was not really a part, and they still identify as Mennonite, but they're not part of any conference, um, and that's moved up to now where church like that is that's remarkable i have never heard of something like that Mm -hmm. that's fantastic there was there was a lot of pushback because it like yeah people but our pastor said no 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 in the lgbtq community they them is just non-gender non-binary yeah that is god yeah so i do actually have a question so just from listening to you i I can tell like your community is so connected and very strong do you have any like personal experiences where like your community has helped you so I know you said that you do the move, like when you move house and stuff, but like, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I think it just me. Like, is there ever a moment where you just like you don't even help it? They were there. Like they were there for you. Gosh, it's hard to pick a time. Yeah, uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm thinking. Um, I was I was going through a hard time. I just went through a divorce, which is, I mean, in the church historically a difficult thing for the church to deal with, and had moved into a new house. And I mentioned that we're starting a Mennonite church here. And Evansville, but haven't had one. So my church has been in Bloomington, like a commute to Bloomington to go to church. And the entire church drove down to bless my home for me when I moved into this new home, which was like overwhelming yeah. in its generosity to drive four hours to come and bless this not great house.
childhood. I love really beautiful people in my life who um, believe so differently from me. My ex-boyfriend was um, from Israel and being to celebrate Shabbat with him in Israel was like mind-blowingly cool. Um, so I've had a lot of beautiful experiences from other religions that have changed my worldview and added to my spirituality that I've, I've become a better Christian because I've been exposed to other people's ways of believing and seeing the sincerity and the devotion and the love there. It's really cool. And you said that so well. You said you didn't know it until you like experienced it. And that's so interesting because if you're like, people can be around people with different religions without changing their beliefs. Yeah. Like that's, I think it's so important. Like you can be around someone and still keep your faith. Like that's mm-hmm. not the point of meeting with people who are different religions. Absolutely. Like you said, it made your faith even stronger, which is so like incredible what we should be encouraging. Absolutely. I 100% agree that it, yeah, it's just beautiful to be able to see other people experiencing what I believe, and this isn't true for everybody, but I believe is the same God um, in different ways. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful that it just, like, increases this community connectedness. Like you said, you encourage the youth to go on and look at the other religious facilities, even if they're not, like, associated with any religion and they have no desire to be, it just exposes them to like what we are as a, what we are as a community yeah and the community is so important if i would say one reason for being involved in some sort of religious community is that you have an instant family mm-hmm. um, at least in my experience and that has been enormously important to me yeah you, you told us yeah. like those experiences with them like they changed your life mm-hmm. you, like you yeah. you remember them so quickly like and you said you had so many like that sticks with people yeah and like that's just incredible that people can just have such an impact on your religion, like, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have any more questions for today, but I do just want to thank you for being on here with us today. This was very insightful, and I honestly learned a lot, so thank you. It was like, a real pleasure. If anybody wants to reach out for more conversations, they're welcome to reach out to me. Trust me, you should. I really enjoyed it. <laughs>